Yeah, uh, the Learning Factory is developing season two, so we'd like to hear some ideas, some complaints, some queries, some feedback, and if you want to be a guest, just get in touch. Cheers, let's get back to the show. You are listening to the Learning Factory Summer Shorts. Please remove all ID cards and activate your out-of-office email before listening. Welcome to the Learning Factory Summer Shorts. We're back in the dugout, in the sheds, searching around in a grubby kit bag for our training shorts. This time yes. we've got a nice, a nice uh, blue and red starred pattern. White stars, sorry, I should say. Not red stars. It's the wrong flag. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> an Australian flag. They've got a nice little blue... Bedazzled theme. They're fucking green. They're fucking green and gold. Oh, but yeah, it's easier. Isn't it? <laughs> it's much easier. All right, we're stretched out in the kit bag for a nice green and gold pair of training shorts. They're Australian mm. themed, and uh, they're a bit tattered, a bit bit overstretched at this stage, shall we say? And uh, yeah, they've been around. The, they've been around the the field a few times. So this week, Jesse, you're going to tell us your your, your background story. That's right, I am. I'm going to attempt to anyway. Yeah. So let's uh, yes. let's 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 see what's slightly different. Do you want to work work backwards or work forwards? Your choice. I don't mind, David. It's up to you. Oh, let's. Oh, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's let's go. Start with with baby Jesse, and and so you're in you're in school, and you decide. Well, uh, this is coming to an end rather quickly. What's your thought process about getting employed? Yeah, well, it's interesting. The uh, so at school in Australia, we have the in grade ten and eleven, we, we do um, work experience for a couple of weeks. We go out here in industry, sort of thing. So during that one year, I did. I went and did work experience with Boeing in Melbourne. They were fucking way too smart for me. Do you know the serial number of that plane, no? That you worked. <laughs> and then the uh, the second year i went and did i did journalism at the the local newspaper the border mail and realized i fucking hate journalism (laughs) um so work experience was a was a plus for me because at least it it made me realize what i didn't want to do um i guess i always thought about teaching my parents were both teachers for a period of time so i wanted to do primary teaching so at the end of grade 11 i sort of the first week of my holidays, because we finished a bit earlier, I did a week work experience at the local primary school. So, yep, this is pretty cool. This is what I want to do. And went off to university. However, when <laughs> I, I'm not the most studious, but I'm not the most studious person. I was actually in Europe when the final offers came out for, for universities. Um, and you could reorder your preferences, but that would have required me missing my train from Amsterdam to Frankfurt. So I chose to risk it um, and then didn't get into anything. You can repeat the school year, but you can't repeat the crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so then I went in for an irregular offer and just did an arts degree at La Trobe in, in Bandura. 
had an awesome time there. Yeah, so lived on campus there. And once again, you can't repeat the crack. So yeah, uh, applied to get in, to do a, a dip head afterwards. Okay. Got told that with my grades, I wouldn't get into a dip head in the country by the enrolment officer. Anyway, so I uh, I went I worked for for twelve months as a like an integration aid at a school, high school, and after that I thought, fuck, this is much easier than fucking primary teaching. Um, yeah, so I got in, got into a, a dip ed at at Charles Sturt, which is renowned for its education degrees, That's good, and uh, started teaching. I went back to the and was working at the school that I was that I did the year's work at. Um, but different to you, Dave, I wasn't a I wasn't a design teacher at the time. I was initially employed as a humanities teacher because my degree was in linguistics and history. Yeah, so worked there, but did a little bit of everything at that school. Sort what of teaching. You, uh, yeah, what made you go into the humanities side? Oh, I just liked history and that sort of stuff. So, and then obviously because that was my under undergrad that there's your teaching strands and when you do your dip ed so yeah but um yeah so that was good um taught a bit of everything at Talangata um did some PE did some um IT did a bit of tech did a lot of work with grade nine boys who didn't want to be at school sort of we had a separate program for them um you know where they cannibalized bikes and sort of weld them up and make Big choppers and that sort of stuff, and so we had a bit of fun there. And then country school in in rural Victoria, you know, people don't. It's not unlike an international school. It's not a very transient in its uh, teaching staff. So I was thinking, looking elsewhere to to sort of move upwards a bit. Oh, it's one of those places where you have to wait wait till people die. Yeah, wait till someone dies. Yeah. So as a kid, I lived in PNG, Papua New Guinea. Um, so I guess I sort of had a bit of an urge to, to go back overseas again and um, came to China, got employed as, a, as an English humanities teacher at an MYP school, but then was asked to, to teach design from day one there. Standard. Um, standard. <laughs> standard. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, 11 years on from that, I have never really taught humanities or English in NYP. Uh, I've just taught design. Um, initially a couple of years in, in China. Um, then I went over to Peru, only there for six months for various reasons. Yeah, but the, like Peru as a country is awesome. Um, amazing place. And then, and then back to China, um, back to the same school in China and then off to SSIS. And currently now in transit, to Cambodia. Actually in transit, you're you're in an airport. Or we, in, sorry, in a hotel, sorry, I should say. Yes, in a, in a, in a hotel. hotel. Amazing. So and I think by the time this this one goes out, I will be hopefully just about completed my two weeks quarantine, which will be fun in a hotel room for two weeks with three kids. Woohoo. Savage. Savage. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um that's how I got to where I where I am now. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's right. <laughs> so I'm actually looking forward to 
to sort of then getting back to just focusing on design as well in Cambodia. Oh yeah, because you've been an admin for us three, two or three years. Last couple of years, yeah. So that'll be good. So I can go back to really taking the piss out of them now, yeah, and not feel like I'm stabbing myself in the back. Yeah, you can just you you can be the dickhead at the back of the room sipping on your coffee, kind of yeah. Snacky comment here, snacky comment there. That's right. Perfect. Exactly yes. what we all aspire to do, isn't it? All right. Well, that's that's perfect. That's that's a nice little origin story to take us uh, take us through one one can of beer beside the pool. Uh, would yeah. you say, speaking of beverages, could you pick a country and maybe describe a suitable drink that would have described your time there? Um, yeah. Look, I would have to say that the the drink that um, of choice would be the pisco sour from from Peru. Um, funny that I've spent all this time in China and such a short time in Peru, but that's still the, the drink of choice. And I think, you know, a lot of places it's still not quite as, as known. Um, yeah, you might have to describe partic- that for me. Particularly in China. So Pisco is, um, and all the Chileans out here will probably disagree with me, but Pisco was originally a Peruvian town. Um, so a Peruvian drink, and then in the in the the Spanish Wars, um, when Chile took territory off of Peru, um, they took, and then they renamed a town in Chile Pisco. So lots of people out there think Pisco is a Chilean spirit. So it's a bit like grappa, I guess. It's made from from grapes. Um, but yeah, Pisco. We also now know why you're a history teacher, because most people yeah. would have said it's so, Peruvian. Yeah. <laughs> Chilean. Chilean, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, pisco, lime juice, a bit of sugar syrup, egg white, and a bit of bitters. Shake it up, pour it in. Delicious. One's not enough, two's too many. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That's ideal. That's ideal. I think right now it's uh, it's time for another time for another umbrella top beverage by the pool for me. So I'm going to hop back in the hop back in the pool on this summer short. Oh, yeah. Next week, we'll have another, or not next week, whenever we get around to it, we'll have another yeah. <laughs> summer short and we'll uh, we'll leave you in suspense for that one because we might have a guest, we might not. We'll have to see how schedule conflicts and all that nonsense goes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, go back and check out the other summer shorts episodes and the season one of The Learning Factory. And if you have a suggestion, a comment, a query, a complaint, get onto Twitter or Instagram. You can catch us at tlf underscore tweets or the learning factory podcast on instagram and don't forget to like and share the podcast uh, it's really helpful if people just suggest to a friend oh this is a podcast that is well worth burning an hour or, or 10 minutes for the short ones get get onto it yeah, and, and yeah you don't have to be a design or myp person we give a lots of good life advice as well yeah, yeah. don't be like, like us what being the main one What's the best drink to have beside the pool? There you go. Yeah, we've, we've had at least five cocktails now, including a, the, the fantastic invention of a vodka mojito. Yes. Catch you guys next week. Yeah, happy days. See you later. You have been listening to The Learning Factory Summer Shorts. Please return used towels to the beach hut and pour yourself another drink.